Hello, and wherever you are today, the Lord be with you. I'm Lucy Haig, local missional leader for Wellspring in the West Hub of Church Wigan. It's the 13th of February, and our reading today is 2 Corinthians 9, and the theme is the harvest of generosity. 2 Corinthians 9. There is no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people, for I know your eagerness to help and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you in Archia were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, We, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you have promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service which you have provided yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable indescribable gift. Now this is what we call a win-win situation. Firstly, God gives us seed, bread and grace. Then we share it with others who not only receive the thing, but also receive a sense of God's love for them. Next, we receive the harvest of righteousness and heartfelt prayers from the people we help. And finally, on top of all that, God receives praise and thanksgiving, an all-round win-win situation. 2 Corinthians 9 in one sentence could be that when we are generous, we reap a harvest, a harvest of many things, such as abundant blessings, eternal righteousness, an increased store of seed, an increased harvest of righteousness, enrichment in every way so that we can be more generous of thanksgiving to God 
and of heartfelt prayers from those who we help. And we reap this harvest all because of the grace that God firstly gave us. I always preferred maths at school because with formulas and equations there's always a correct answer. Not like writing essays, which to me are so ambiguous, with lots of different answers, which could all be correct. So, sorry for those of you who hate maths, but I've turned 2 Corinthians 9 into a little formula, which goes like this. The receiving of gifts plus the sharing of gifts equals blessings, righteousness and thanksgiving. Nice and simple, but as with all equations, they must balance and if one element is left out, the equation will fail. The receiving of gifts in itself does not equal blessings, righteousness and thanksgiving. Only the receiving of gifts plus the sharing of gifts equals blessings, righteousness and thanksgiving. Blessings are meant to flow like a river, received in one hand and shared with the other. The Bible encourages us to hold on to the things of this world lightly and be ready to let go with them at any time. Matthew 6:19 says, Do not store up riches for yourselves here on earth, where moths and rust destroy, and robbers break in and steal. Instead, store up riches for yourself in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and robbers cannot break in and steal. I've changed the theme, journeying out and pushing through today, to journeying out of rational thinking, and pushing through to the kingdom of God. This is because, in my experience, rational thinking is the main blocker to the sharing of gifts and the flowing of blessings. Even though we accept nature's law that you reap what you sow, for some reason our thought process doesn't always follow nature's law, especially when we think about giving away our hard-earned cash. About five years ago, I'd been challenged by some teaching about serving two masters, that God doesn't need your money, that he already owns the cattle on a thousand hills. However, God can protect you better when he is your sole master. The teaching was that when, by giving up the material and trusting God to provide, you are saying loud and clear to the devil, God is my master, in him alone I trust. You and materialism have no grip on me. When I was debating with God about this and whether to start tithing, I was telling God, it just doesn't make sense. We're badly overdrawn. We've got loads of loans. It's just not logical. I believe I heard God clearly say, you can either make this complicated or you can just do it. To journey out of rational thinking actually means to throw rational thinking in the bin if rational thinking goes against the Bible. Gradually, our finances improved, the books got straight, and now we have surplus enough to bless those around us on top of tithing. I know we are a case study on a population of one family, but the only place in the Bible that God says we can test him is in this area. And to me, that's like a solid equation, a sure answer, no ambiguity. In Malachi 3 and 10, it says, Bring the whole tithes into the storehouse, so that they may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. 
Verse 9 says, They have distributed freely, they have given to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. And that is taken from Psalm 112. So to finish, I'd just like to read Psalm 112. The blessings of the righteous. Praise the Lord, happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. They will be remembered forever. They are not afraid of evil tidings. Their hearts are firm, secure in the Lord. Their hearts are steady. They will not be afraid. In the end, they will look triumph on their foes. They have distributed freely. They have given to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn is exalted in honour. The wicked see it and are angry. They gnash their teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked comes to nothing. God bless you today and every day.